This is the Waters and Harvey Show. I'm Darren Waters. And I'm Marcus Harvey. It takes a village. That was a topic that we explored in an earlier episode of the Waters and Harvey Show. Today we're going to revisit that topic to have a conversation and examine the work of another local community organization called My Sister Taught Me That. This is sure to be another insightful conversation. Marcus and I will be back in a moment. Again, this is the Waters and Harvey Show. I'm Darren Waters. Glad to be back here in the studio. Glad to have you all in the listening audience and very, very pleased to be here with my brother, Dr. Marcus Harvey. Good to be here. Happy to revisit this conversation. Marcus, somehow the studio is becoming this oasis for (laughs) these fast-paced lives that we live at the university. They don't stop. That's right. But how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I want to, you know, you, the last time we talked about this, uh, It Takes a Village, You know, you had a lot historically to say about where that term kind of comes from. Yeah, and and I I don't know that we know the exact origin of this African proverb, but it reminds me of another proverb that comes from the Akan tradition. So this is Southern Ghana, and Mm -hmm. that and that proverb reads, um, "The head of a single person has no thoughts," Mm. and that's the way of pointing to the fact that you know individuals cannot develop intellectually, socially, psychologically, spiritually, even physically without relationship within the context of community. And I think this is a a thing that we find throughout, especially West Central Africa, probably across the entire continent. Um, And oftentimes we find these ideas embodied in proverbial traditions, like the idea of it takes a village, like the idea of um, the head of a single person has no thought. So to me, my mind goes there. Right. You know, and Marcus says, so it's a community effort. It really is. um, We stand on the shoulders of the people who've come before us, and we have to remember that sometimes. Times. I was reading not too long ago a piece by Einstein, and there was something that he said, and it was a small essay that he wrote, I think, back in the 1940s called What Do I Believe? And people were curious about, you know, especially his spiritual life. And he ended up saying at one point that the older he got, the more he realized that we live in community and that we borrow. He said that he was actually troubled sometimes that he had borrowed too heavily from the work of other people. And I was struck by someone like Einstein saying that. So he understood that you that we you know, no man is an island yeah. to himself and that we do stand on the shoulders of people. And, and I, I, I think the saying really is true. There is nothing new under the sun. Right. All, all we can do, even the scholars, is build upon what others have already sort of uh, established, right? Um, and also mentioning Einstein, I would say, um, you know, and some students of mine were shocked to, to learn this recently, but, you know, Einstein is quoted as having said, imagination is more important than knowledge. That's right. Yeah, I love that. Um, that's one of my favorite <laughs> so, Einstein quotes. And absolutely. we don't. And if you think about the educational system today, Marcus, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that we are feeding people's imagination exactly. in a exactly. way that will allow them to be yeah. creative. Yeah. And yeah. so that's something I think we'll have in this conversation. And I would add quickly that I think that one of the roles of, the, of, of communities is to nurture the imaginations right. of, of young folk. Right. Yeah. It, we talked about this. It takes a village in an earlier show that we did with Mr. Keenan Lake, who mm-hmm. is the executive director of my daddy taught me that and we 
we wanted to have a conversation with now his wife, Miss Leslie Council Lake, and to talk about her organization, My Sister Taught Me That, which is in partnership with the organization that um, that Keenan is uh, is the head of. Leslie was going to join us here in the studio for that conversation, but uh, her schedule today has kind of conflicted with this. And But we want to make sure that if Leslie is listening, that we are going to get her back in here to have this conversation herself. But her husband, Kenan Lake, has agreed to join us today to have this conversation about not only his organization, but about my sister taught me that. And so Marcus and I are going to take a brief break, and we will be back with that conversation in a moment. Again, this is the Waters and Harvey Show. I'm Darren Waters coming to you from Blue Ridge Public Radio right here in Asheville, North Carolina. So glad that you all are here for this conversation. And again, as we said, our guest was going to be Miss Leslie Council Lake, but her husband, I think, can, can carry the water for her a little bit here to talk about Leslie. We want to talk about Leslie. Leslie, is a, like her husband, is a native of, uh, of, of Asheville, North Carolina, has a deep, deep passion and heart for this community, just like uh, Keenan does, but we're glad to welcome Keenan back to the studio with us today. Keenan, thanks welcome for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, on the um, the show today, and you know, being able to fill in for the missus <laughs> is also a, a blessing. So, again, thank you for having me. So, but you know, uh, Keenan, before we jump into this, you and you and Leslie have been married for how long now? It's a new, still newlyweds, right? <laughs> yeah, we're, okay. we're, 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 we haven't even gotten to a year yet. We're, right. we're still. Trying to get that for April Fool's Day. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so April April first is the is the is the uh, one year anniversary. You so, didn't try to pull a joke on her with uh, that. Then. You know, actually, it was her idea. Oh, so so I said, you know, okay. So since you want to do this on the first of April. You know, if anything happens, I can say this was a joke. Right. So, so yeah, it was her idea. So. That's an ominous date. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so Keenan, can you do this? You know, it, we want to talk a little bit about you again, but can you tell the audience a little bit about Leslie? I'm sure that you, you know, you're you're pretty much an expert on this topic, right? So, yeah, thank you so much for that. So, mm-hmm. Leslie, you, you mentioned it earlier. She is truly passionate about the work that she does and you know she her 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 job her career has been in the health uh, field working for mission uh primarily um you know being an office manager for different uh branches of of mission mm-hmm. however um you know since she started doing the my sister taught me that program she says you know she's a social worker mm-hmm. you know she, she's a social worker she really has um i think kind of found her stride and mm-hmm. really being able to to navigate not only the community but the kids that she's dealing with. Right. Mm. So, um, you know, that's just talking about the work that she did. But when you talk about just just a kind-hearted soul, um, one who really, really understands um, people, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, I'm I'm blessed to have her as my wife. Um, truly blessed, and and I think even more blessed to have her be in um, be on the same page with with the work that we do mm-hmm. with our youth. Yeah, and, and, you know, Keenan, um, so many people make a, a choice, I think, whether consciously or unconsciously, to not be engaged uh, mm-hmm. in the community, right? And so um, I'm curious to hear more, and I think your comments have already begun to sort of address this, but I'm curious to hear more from you about uh, what you think motivates Leslie's commitment to ongoing, very active engagement in, in the local community. Honestly, I think it's the fact that she's evolving. 
So I look at how when we first started this thing, you know, Leslie uh, came aboard um, almost four, it was about four years ago. And actually, that's how we met. She saw what I was doing with my daddy taught me that mm-hmm. she at the time, she was actually currently working with a small group of young women, but she wanted to, you know, branch off and do it on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. Well, it worked out perfectly because um, we had been uh, doing what we had been doing for about four years. And we had prior to that two years of young women coming to us saying, when are you going to start a girl's pro- okay. a version of the boys program? When are you going to mm-hmm. do this? So, mm-hmm. uh, me being who I was, like, you know, I might not need to step into that water. I don't know much about girls as far as being able to lead and direct. <laughs> but when she came along, it was like, okay, this is perfect. Why not just have you umbrella under what we want to do and what we're doing, and you can start your girls' program. And so it was kind of a perfect harmony for the for that kind of pairing to happen, partnership mm-hmm. to happen. Um, but what I can truly say is seeing how she's been able to evolve over the last several years has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, just consciously, you know, to give a little background, Leslie, um, she was the only child, um, you know, grew up in the home with her mom. Her father was not really around. She went to Irwin High School, and I think she was one of 13 people of color who graduated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very isolated, subjected to, you know, the, the woes and, and, the, mm-hmm. and the structures that the Asheville presents. But seeing, again, her transformation, her transformation seeing her grow, seeing her learn, Seeing her really uh, be able to embrace, you know, what what it is she's doing, it has been amazing. Like being a cheerleader, you know, mm-hmm. me personally being on the side, I'm like, okay, you know, and then seeing how again how she's just learning and growing, um, and then becoming, you know, I guess the the the, the common term, the more popular term, is becoming woke. Mm-hmm. For her, is mm-hmm. becoming more conscious about right. you know what not only is happening with the youth and the kids. But what's happening, you know, right here in your own community that you, you grew up in your whole life um, when it comes to black and brown people, right. even even Caucasians, mm-hmm. even, you know, systematic structures, you know, what's happening with the pipeline to prison and, right. and mm-hmm. the, the achievement mm-hmm. gap, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I just, you know, this has been a blessing and I'm in awe of, of not only her transformation, but her continued growth. Right. It's interesting. Uh, <coughs> Keenan, you brought up girls and uh, my uh, cousin jokes with me about this all the time. because I have two boys. I understand boys mm-hmm. and I have the one. girls. That's right. <laughs> and, and this cousin, they he and uh, his wife, they have the two girls. And he, he tells me all the time, he's like, Darren, I'm glad you didn't have girls. <laughs> he said this would really, you know, have you kind of really off your game. But it's easier with boys. But, but uh, Keenan, there's so many things we can talk about. You brought up one. You brought up the, the from school to prison pipeline. Mm-hmm. Can you let, let's talk a little bit about my daddy taught me that? And can you remind our audience again of just what the program is and what you're doing? For the sake of uh, conversation, Doc, I won't um, harp on the program so much, but mm-hmm. it's a mentoring program for young men ages 12 through 19, grade mm-hmm. 6 through 12. Primarily, you know, mentoring, grade tracking, job training. Um, me and the missus, we like to say we do life mm-hmm. with our kids mm-hmm. because it's a program that actually does life you know um we're not even though this is not a paid position or a paid job for either one of us um it's a second job Mm -hmm. but there's no times off you know we get phone calls 12 o'clock at night 12 30 at night from young folks calling about whatever situation that they're dealing with and experiencing um so really being able to again to do life with our kids um i'm a social worker by trade um, being able to really navigate through the system. And when we talk about these structures that have been put in place, um, black, white, green, be it, whatever color, 
we know that these systematic structures are out there. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're talking about disproportionately who they affect, we know the numbers and who they affect mostly as well. Absolutely. But um, being able to work with young folks in general. Um, so it's been seven years. We'll, we're coming up on our seventh year anniversary in July. And the program is continuing to grow. You know, we started off with eight young men. We have over 65 young men in the program now. And this has been a true blessing. Right. You, know, you brought up, I wanted to jump back in here because you brought up mentoring. You know, Kenan, my life has been deeply, deeply enriched by my mentors. I mean, that that is what guided me through. And what I have found is, you know, even for my own sons, they need mentors outside mm-hmm. of their father. You know, I'm there, but I have always found it important to connect connect them with other men Mm -hmm. who can help guide them because there there are things that I find that they will talk to those other men about that they won't talk to me about. I'm pretty sure Dr. Harvey can contest to this. When you think about our ancestors, Mm. you know, it's it's iron sharpens iron. You know, Mm -hmm. it was tribal. You know, it wasn't just one man um, per household raising their family. You know, it was a whole group. And so when you when you have you know, I look at my dad. I had I had an amazing father, but you know, I look at the things that we did. You know, it wasn't only him. He had me around his friends, mm-hmm. and then I saw how they did business, and I saw how. So again, when you have that phrase, "iron sharpens iron," it's 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 um, you guys said it. It takes a village. You know, yeah. you know, it takes a village to really, you know, particularly in today's society with our youth today, we have to have that village around our youth. Right. Oh, yeah. And I I won't go into into too much detail, um, Keenan, but you know the the, <laughs> the systematic structure you mentioned earlier. Um, have a long history of waging a very focused and violent assault against black masculinity. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'll just and I think that makes it harder for young black men to find black male mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you, you talked a bit about the genesis of my, my sister uh, taught me that. Um, and I'm curious to hear more about particular programs, right, that those involved in this organization can take advantage of today. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we pride ourselves on is exactly that, the programming. So mm-hmm. not only do we have, so we have a job training program where we not only um, can get kids in each program, the boys and the girls program jobs, if you're um, you know 15 or older, we've implemented a job training program within that. So mm-hmm. uh, carpentry, electrician, uh, electricity, um, being able to um, uh, painting, you know, uh, plumbing, uh, landscaping you name it we've re, uh, we worked we had eight kids working with um wnc uh, rescue mission mm-hmm. really being able to plug these young folks into things that they would like to do that they want to do but even more so showing them you know things that they can do um we started a boxing program for the boys and the girls as well um you just you pretty much um i, I tell folks to please come to the program to see what we do but programming for us, you know, STD, STI prevention programming, being able to teach about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've partnered with um, Our Voice, particularly for our young men, to do um, a non-toxic um, sexual training that they're going to be teaching their peers. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I, you know, you, if you think about any type of programming that, that's out there, not only are we doing it, um, we're, we're living it. Showing that, so that's the thing, Le- leading it by exa- living it by example, example. Mm-hmm. but then being able to not only say, okay, this is what you should do, mm-hmm. let's let's take this further and show you how to do it, and even take it another step further and walk with you through that door. Yeah. So right. kind of like a handoff, you know. So, right. and that's what that's one of the main things that I pride uh, both programs on is the resources that our kids are, are able to obtain, right. um, the access. That they're able to have, and we know when you just talked about these structures that's put yeah, in place, yeah, yeah. we are excluded from the access and the resources. Right. Yeah. And so, Kenny, you know, thinking about um, 
There's so many conversations that are going on around the African-American male. You, know, you brought up again the uh, from school to prison pipeline. So we know a lot about the challenges that black males are, are facing, and those are very important. But sometimes it seems to me that we lose sight of the challenges that African-American girls are facing as well. Can you share? And I know that Leslie has a passion for those things, and she's raised those issues with me in conversations that we've had. Um, can you share a little bit with us about what are some of the particular challenges that African-American girls and uh, young ladies are facing? So one of the things that we're dealing with um, – you know, and as as you know, it's almost in life as we lead as men, the the women follow. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, a lot of things that our women are dealing with is the fact that you're right. Like the, re, the they're getting left out. Mm-hmm. You know, we have programming for boys. We have this for the young men. What is there for the women to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, when we start talking about and we start drilling down into what's happening in in our in our society with our youth. We talk about absent uh, parents all the time, primarily absent fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned earlier, Doc, about boys and having two sons, and I think you know, Doctor Harvey, you said you have a son as well. Mm-hmm. God played a trick on me. I don't have any. I don't have any sons. I have. <laughs> I, have, I, have I have two daughters, um, and, and then I have a wife, and actually, just got a puppy, and the dog's a girl as well. So, <laughs> so, so it's a lot of a lot of women in the household with myself. <laughs> but what I've been learning myself, and what I've been seeing, is that when there are no positive men in these women's lives and our young women's lives. It leaves. We all know the um, the confidence mm-hmm. of our women. We we see how our women need to have confidence. They need to have validity in knowing about their appearance and knowing about this kind of stuff. But when there are no men to con- to consciously and continuously tell our women that they're beautiful, that you look good, you, you know, do, you, you're my child, you're this and the third, it leaves a mark. Mm-hmm. And so they start to seek that other places and we start to see our young women seeking that but then even more so um, what's starting to happen too is that not only are they seeking the validity from other places it's getting mixed with um, the, the, the common drugs you know and then we know how when we when we start to look at what's happening in these communities um, more more frequency as far as um, sexual activity mm-hmm. you know it's, it's a whole lot of different things we could talk about but those are some of the things that you see and even when um, what I see as well is when you know we have so many women in the house the girls want to spend the night all the time and it's like they look for you know they look for that male mm-hmm. Mr. Keaton do you think it's okay with you and it's like well if, if the mom if Leslie and, and Kayla who's my oldest mm-hmm. they agree you know it's fine I don't have a problem with it right but you see the one thing that I can say I see more so than anything is the the way that they seek male attention. They look for it. They look for that affirmation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, we could have an entire conversation about the correlation between the rise of the American welfare state and absent black fathers, but I won't. I won't go there. And, um, and, and you know, and, and we could also talk about the connection between the hot and Todd Venus story and, de- and depictions of black femininity right. in the mass media, but I won't go there either. Okay. <laughs> no. uh, but <laughs> um, but a, a more sort of basic question, Keenan. So as far as my sister um, taught me that, uh, what are the numbers looking like as far as uh, students who are signing up, and, and mm-hmm. is there evidence that the program is uh, is growing in that respect? Wonderful. So mm-hmm. let me let me make this correction, too, for Leslie Kills. It's my sister. Uh, oh, S- I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. My sister taught me S-I-S-T-H, and so it's my okay. sister taught me that. Okay, okay. 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 But um, let me say this. So when we first started off the boys, we again, we had eight kids, and every year we grew. You know, every year we grew from 8 to 12 to 20 to 24 to 30, and now we have over 60-something kids in the program. The girls came out the gate smoking. They had over 100 kids when they first oh, started. Wow. 
They had over 100 girls when they first started. Um, Leslie actually had to cut the program, um, so now they have about 80. Okay. Um, and she actually put a, she has a waiting list um, because she's not accepting any other uh, new. Um, I think what she's about to do now is revamp the ones who are not being as um, who are not being. You know, using the program like they need to be using it. The ones who are kind of goofing off. It's like, look, if mm-hmm. you guys don't start, we're going to start opening the doors because she has a, a huge waiting list. Um, the difference, too, is this. Leslie has a core crew um, of, of support, you know, and even though she does so much by herself, she has about five uh, supporters, volunteers who, you know, they call them their core crew members. Mm-hmm. Um, two social workers who are in the school, um, a couple of uh, ladies who work at the VA hospital, and then um, another one who does, I don't know, what I think she might be retired. But she has at least five other um, volunteers who kind of support and help her out at times. So that kind of help, helps her with those numbers and being able to access that. Me, myself, the boys program, we've only had uh, one and a half. We have had, uh, over the last year, it's only been one guy who's been really true to supporters, and that's Joe Green. Mm-hmm. Prior to Joe, we had Mr. Robert Simmons before he you know he started. He, he got had some medical stuff he was dealing with. Okay. But um, – but yeah, I mean, the the program not only is it growing, um, it's thriving, mm-hmm. and so we see these young women doing better in school. We see, and so for both programs, what we what we have gotten is this: we we see how the community, uh, we we get emails, Facebook messages, social media messages from people in the community talking about the difference that that's making in these mm-hmm. kids' lives. Mm-hmm. But me myself, uh, looking at the program and looking, you know, being able to. Um, evaluate the program, you see the changes. You see the light bulb goes off. So, you know, I usually tell folks, you know, if, if your kid is in either one of these programs for six to eight months, you know, once they start getting it, um, start understanding it, you start to see they're more one, willing to, to uh, make better grades and, and achieve that. They want to go to college. They start developing a work ethic. Mm-hmm. They want, they're looking for employment. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things, you know, which we see. But then, even so more even more than that, I can use uh, D'Angelo Collins for the boys program. Um, these kids are invested in just about everything that we have. Like they're, they're like being more productive as far as mm-hmm. seeking on their own. It's not me telling or it's not. It's like, OK, I need to find a way to do X, Y and Z. I need to reach out to this person. So you really start to see the light bulb goes off. And I'm really, really excited about both programs, not only the direction that it's going, but the um, the work that has been done so right. far. Yeah, and Keenan, what are the age ranges in both group in both um, um, organizations? Is it is it up through high school? Yep. The end of high so school? it's middle okay. it's middle school through high school. Okay. For, the, okay. for the boys, it's uh, twelve through nineteen, and for the girls, I think hers. I think she just moved hers to thirteen through nineteen. Okay. But okay. yeah, six through twelve. Okay. So you know, it, this brings up <clears throat> that last um, segment. There brings up a lot of things in my head, um, Keenan, that I want to ask about. You know, one, you, you talked about. Um, Seeing the difference, I was wondering how your team measures success with the program. And I'm also here, but hearing about, you know, a, a hundred girls right off out the gate and then having to cut the program to 80. I'm wondering about what does Leslie need? <laughs> so, um, yeah. That, that's, so one of the things that I see as far as um, and to answer, can you please restate your first question for me, Doc? Yeah, that was with regard to measuring success. Measuring How success. do you measure? Because, you know, you go out, you know, one, I, I like to think, uh, Keenan, that one thing I'm becoming good at is passing the plate. Now, right. I learned that from my father, you know, as a minister, you know, get out there and raise that money, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes money to do things. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in you, when you're 
selling a program or getting people to give to a program, you've got to be able to show, okay, right. this is how we're measuring success. So I see these kind of connected in a way. So one of the things that, um, that I know when we start to see success, primarily, um, you know, you look at the quantitative and the qualitative data that comes in, and everyone wants to track data and have data. Well, a lot of times that's great. Um, a lot of times, you know, you can uh, you can get what you need from the data. And, and of course, when you're seeking funding in dollars, you always got to have those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, um, what I start to do is this. So I look at the behavioral changes. So that's one of the biggest things that we do is the behavioral changes, the way the kids are interacting with their parents, with their school teachers, mm-hmm. with their, you know, with their community. Um, the other way I measure success is this. We graduated last uh, last year. We graduated six uh, six students, all six of our seniors that we had in the My Daddy Taught Me That program graduated. We had one senior from the My Sister Taught Me That program who graduated. Um, out of the boys, five out of the six are in college. Um, we have wow. five out of the six are in college right now today. And out of the, the one girl that graduated, she's in college. Right. So, um, Did you hear that? No, yeah. That's, so that's five, five out of six of our boys who graduated are in college. So that was that's amazing. But then, again, to start to see these young folks, um, you know, take ownership of what it is that we're teaching, what it is that we're showing them. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we're actually doing now, we're getting a logic model made for, for the programs to show exactly. Because a lot of times people say, well, what do you guys do? And they don't understand the, the depth of of our programs, how we really, it's not just mentoring, it's not just job training, it's not, mm-hmm. we do, it's, it's pretty much, um, I would like to say, a one-stop shop mm-hmm. for our youth. We address everything, you know, we, we do a whole lot with, with these kids. So, again, really being able to interact, build relationships, you start to see the relationships change and stuff mm-hmm. like, okay, you know what, I can trust Mr. Lake, or I can mm-hmm. trust Mrs. Miss Leslie, so mm-hmm. let me let me start to call them on certain things that I need or that, that I need help with. And then the thing that we all know at this table, it's not always about what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, so role, building yeah. those relationships, giving these kids opportunity to have relationships with people, not only, and this is the thing too, in Asheville, um, we know about the achievement gap, we mm-hmm. know about how, and I don't know if you knew this too, Doc, um, just, this is a side note we know that we're last in the state with our achievement gap with the achievement discipline gap but did you know that we're the uh, the worst the bottom fifth five, bottom fifth in the country no. the fifth worst in the country wow wow so the fifth worst achievement get discipline gap in the entire country so um but yeah things that we need uh really quickly for the sake of time um we need a grant writer you know we need we need people who have skills grant writing um, finances is always uh, a desperate need. You know, we, we are a um, nonprofit boots on the ground organization that's grassroots red. So, you know, when you're grassroots ran and, you know, we have full time jobs, the two of us between myself and Leslie. So um, funding is always uh, appropriate and needed. But if you you don't have money or you have skills, you know, like I said, grant writing, organizational stuff, we're actually trying to get, um, you know, a lot of things that we just can't, we don't have time to do. Mm-hmm. Keep our filing system going, keep right. stuff going, because mm-hmm. it's just, so things like that. Well, Keenan, I, I want to take a moment just to, again, thank you and Leslie for what you all are doing in the community. There are many other things that we want to bring you back in here to talk about, because I would like to have a conversation with you about the achievement gap that we have in our in our schools so we're going to have you back again but thank you for filling in for leslie today thank you for stopping by marcus and i will be back in just a moment (music) 
Once again, this is the Waters and Harvey Show. Darren Waters, and I want to thank you again for joining us for that conversation. Marcus, I thought that was, a, again, whenever Keenan is in here, I yeah, mean, it's, it's a rich conversation. Yeah, and I think yeah. what stuck out for me is the fact that both of these organizations are trying to uh, exemplify or live uh, what they preach for kids. And mm-hmm. I think in many cases that can even be more influential right. than any number of programs or activities you have. So living that a certain model, I think, is, is really what helps these organizations it is. stand and out. I, and I want to explore with yeah. uh, with Keenan again because it was interesting to hear that, you know, Leslie does have five people who faithfully are helping to support her work. Mm-hmm. But remember, I cannot help but remember that uh, Keenan brought up in our last conversation the challenge that they have with getting those volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, what does that say about men? And so that's another topic yeah. to discuss. It is. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I think I think grant writing, as Keenan pointed out in the funding, are going to be ongoing issues. But hopefully, you know, the community will hear this conversation and, and be more willing to lend support. Right. Great. So once again, Marcus and I want to remind you all that the Waters and Harvest Show is produced at Blue Ridge Public Radio in Nashville, North Carolina. And you can listen to our podcast on BPR.org, on the BPR mobile app, and on iTunes and Google Play. Follow us and get in touch on Facebook and Twitter. And thank you again for joining us. And Marcus and I will talk with you all next time. Take care.